This talk is about worry. <laughs> worry is like uh, an illness of the mind, you know. Uh, the problem is the average human being believes their own worry. That's the main problem. Just like we believe our thoughts, we can believe our worry. But it, it is a, an illness of the mind. Your subconscious mind, being the habit mind, can get used to worry. There was an elder lady that I taught meditation to, and she was used to drinking Persian tea and worrying about her daughter in California between 4 to 5 p.m. with sad music. So then when she learned Kriya Yoga, 4 o'clock arrived, and she forgot the sad music, and for a few minutes she forgot to worry. So she was really upset, you know, because this was years and years of 4 to 5, a lump of sugar here, sad music, and worrying about the daughter in California. It is an illness of the mind, worry is. And if you analyze your own mind, you're going to figure out that you tend to worry about predictable topics. Uh, look into yourself and see if your topic of worry is something recurring. So a lot of people are hypochondriacs. They worry about potential illness. A lot of people worry about their job. Millions of people have money worries. That's a big one. With women, I think the media has worked so much on your heads that so many women have weight worries. Women who don't even have that much weight. I mean, that one I've seen all over the world. Figure out if you have a predictable topic of worry. Worry is always related to the future. It's never in the present moment. Whenever you're worrying, you are seeing some scenario happening in the future. The way the spiritual law works, if you become intensely focused on a topic, then you're going to attract it. That's no surprise. If somebody's thinking about being a millionaire for 30 years, they keep attracting that topic to themselves. And then worry is the same thing. Some people are acutely obsessed about a particular type of worry. So then you become a magnet. You're a magnifying glass because such a large percentage of your mind is focused on that topic. I'll give you one example. Again, I had a student who, um, at the age of 21 or 22, got her driver's license. She bought the brand new car. She went to the parking lot of an international expo center. The parking lot of the expo center had one tree. And she looked at the tree and said, oh, oh, there's a tree. And she went straight for the tree. It was this huge parking lot. I've seen this happen in skiing. I'm a skier. And sometimes you hear the sound of that ice like <sighs> against the edges of the ski. And you know that you're now going fast. And the moment you think, I'm going fast, then right at that moment you fall. You almost make yourself fall. 
when you hear that sound. Worry has a huge attractive power. And the problem with worry is like a termite. It eats into the quality of your life. I have a close relative who one day said to me, this was a, a moment of her thinking more deeply. She said, I think I've lost 40 years of my life to worry. And she really meant it because I know this woman and she's a worrier. But the way she said it, it actually got to my heart. She said, she suddenly said, I think I've lost 40 years to worry. And if you think about that statement, worry really eats into your happy moments. So think about like in the past month, whether you can think of a circumstance where you could have had a much happier day and the worry just came in like a termite and ate into the quality of that moment. It's like a termite. If you realize that 90% of your worries in a particular area of life have never come true, then you really have to do something about it. So one of the exercises I give you is to create a worry journal. And for a month, you keep up your worry journal. The worry journal has these columns. It says date, topic of worry, how did I imagine that disaster happening, and then the actual result. You look at those columns for a month. So it's like date, type of worry, what was I perceiving going wrong, and then the actual result. If you keep a notebook like this, and you realize you're more than 50% off, then you've got a mental illness. Everybody does. It's called worry. Then you know it's an illness. If you're more than 50% off, because we have some logical people in this room, we have business people, we have scientists. More than 50% of the time, when I worry about money, I'm wrong. I'll tell you another thing that I've witnessed with worry. This was a real experience. I had a student who was a money warrior, and she actually had millions. She had inherited such worry from her mom that one day in the session, she said to me, Kamis, this time I'm really dead because I only have a thousand left in my checking account. So I said, okay, the cash machine is right outside my counseling room. If you're down to a thousand, maybe I can lend you something, you know? So we went to the cash machine and the, is it called the affiche, the thing that comes out? The receipt? Yeah, the receipt came out. And it was showing 100,000. So I said, look, you're in good shape. She said, she said no, look, it says 1,000. Three times I showed her, and her subconscious mind was so strong, the subconscious mind was preventing her from seeing two zeros. If you have a strong blockage, you can put yourself in a trance and three times in a row, 
fail to see two zeros. You take a hypochondriac, put a thermometer in their mouth, instead of seeing 90 degrees, they might see 900 degrees. You know? Your subconscious controls what your eyeballs are seeing. I've seen it with my own eyes. Three times I showed her the reçu, and she wasn't seeing 100,000. And then she got really, really upset when I counted the zeros, because the other thing is, you only see what you want to see. If I show you something in these five days that doesn't fit into the framework of your beliefs, you're going to try to modify it or kick it out. Worry has its roots in feeling unsafe. Typically, people who've had emotionally unsafe childhoods tend to be bigger warriors. So I don't mean necessarily physical abuse. You may not have been embraced enough. Maybe there was a divorce. Maybe there was a lot of fighting during your childhood. Maybe the death of a parent. If there was anything unsafe, emotionally unsafe, about your childhood, then you're going to be more of a warrior. Amongst my students, whenever I've asked a warrior, what is really wrong with your life? They usually can't answer you. They have the illness to worry. But if you ask them, what's missing right now? They usually don't know why they're upset. That's why it's an illness. Take something really serious. I know people who've worried 30 years about the moment of their death. You see them two days before death and they're like this. Some of them become very calm before death and they've worried 35 years about death. The moment of their death is not as bad as they visualized. I've known three people, they asked me to be by their bedside the week of death. Out of the three, two of them became meditatively very calm. Some exercises for worry. Number one, activity eliminates worry. Whenever you are in your head worrying, if you can find activity, something to do, especially something that to you is pleasant or productive. The moment you become active, that cancels out worry. Next thing, living in the moment. If you start to breathe, if you do walking meditation, if you do meditation itself, if you do bicycle riding in the Alps, anything you do that brings you to the present moment is going to eliminate worry. Rock climbing. As a matter of fact, for warriors, intense hobbies are really good. I know one depressed, worried person who took up race car driving in an amateur way. It was a lady with two children, but she had uncontrollable depression and worry. So the husband put her in a Mustang GT and said, do 160. She came out of the car and she was laughing. Because at 160, you cannot worry. There's no time. Same with rock climbing. You can't worry when you're rock climbing. Most of these people go up vertical. They're not worried people. They're scared in an adrenaline sense. 
but they're not worried about the future. You can't be hanging off a rock and worry about the future. Think about a hobby that forces you into the moment. These are some worry exercises. Number one, keep that little notebook for a month and see in which area of life your worries are completely inaccurate. You know, once you find the statistics, you can't fool yourself anymore. Number two, get into activity. Every time you're really worried, just get into some sort of activity. Number three, anything that brings you to the present moment, get rid of worry. The other thing is uh, artistic activities, creativity. Like for me, creative writing. Always pleasant. Always brings me to the moment. Dance. Painting. Also, love dissolves worry. Invest energy in your family, in friendships, in community. Love dissolves worry. It's a medicine for worry.